You are listening to The Yoni Codes, where every week we explore the secret mysteries of the divine feminine through the reclamation of motherhood, entrepreneurship, and relationship. Through the gates of your yoni and held within your womb are secret codes that, when activated, spark magic, healing, and rebirth. The Yoni Codes are the wisdom keys to harnessing your power, healing your lineage, and expressing your magic in the world. We believe that if every woman unlocks the Yoni Codes within themselves, the ripple effect will be the healing of our collective. I'm Melissa April. I'm Catherine Blanco. Let us dive into the mysteries together. Welcome back, everybody, to another another take, to be honest, because... (laughs) We just had a little mishap on the show. Anyways, another week, another episode, another topic. We're diving into grief this week. So hold on to your seats. <laughs> hold on to your hearts because this one, this one's a tender topic, but it's an important one to speak to when we're a podcast that touches on so much to do with rebirth and how the rebirth cycle really activates these yoni codes within us. So we're diving into grief today, and this is such an expansive topic. There are so many different layers, so many different areas that we can dive into, but today we wanted to talk about grief in creation, grief in growth. So when we're creating anything, we are growing. And when we are growing there's also a part of us that is dying and it's this huge cycle that we want to dive into and we want to crack open because there's a lot in here to uncover. Where should we we dive into first? Well, I think one of the most important pieces of this is actually recognizing that we are feeling grief because I feel like there's a lot of us out, out there that have gone through a growth process or creation process whether that be a physical one or or a not so physical process like maybe you have given birth maybe you have had a baby or you've written a book and put yourself out there in that way there is this level of growth and expansion that takes place but in order to expand old parts of us need to fall away. And when, when I'm speaking, like in my work, when I'm speaking to new parents, I always like to bring up the grief process. And sometimes I've had clients be really shocked that they weren't even recognizing that they were in a, a grieving process whether this be after their baby is born or as they're nearing nearing the birth of their baby, recognizing that their relationship is no longer going to be the same thing. Recognizing that. that. Yeah, right? Like it's huge. It, it changes everything. It changes your family dynamic if you already had kids before this new baby. And I like to use that example because it, it's obviously the one that... <laughs> my life revolves around the most, but it's also such a clear one in terms of like not recognizing 
um, the grief process because for most of us that have intentionally grown our families, like we're really excited to be bringing this baby into the world. And it's, it can feel yucky to also be feeling grief around your maidenhood or your past relationship. It makes you feel like this wonderful thing is happening. Why do I feel bad? And I Mm -hmm. see this a lot in my work as well with women who are creating on a different kind of level where they're like, this is what I'm, I always ask, what are we creating? What are you birthing into the world? What do you desire to birth? And, and then they, they bring these beautiful visions. And then I always ask, you know, and what, what are you scared of? Like, what, what, what part of this are you scared to let go of? What part of you, what part of your life are you scared to let go of if you bring this into the world? Because there's always something that as we are alchemizing and and shifting and transmuting and transforming into the person that we will become in this journey, there's going to be a part of you that dies. Sometimes it's just wild. Like sometimes it doesn't even make sense exactly like the, the, you know, bring a a baby into the world. Like you're not going to think that, oh, it's going to change the dynamic between my partner and I, we want to, we want this child. We want to bring this child into the world. It's going to bring us closer together. You never think, oh, this is going to change everything for me and for us. And it's the same thing when people are changing themselves and creating what they want to create in the world. It's like, I'm scared that my partner is going to be upset we're threatened if I bring home more money. I'm scared mm. that my family isn't going to accept me if I really follow my heart, my dreams. And so there's a deep grief that comes with even accepting the dream, accepting the blessing, because you know that there's a part that has to go, whether that's a belief, whether that's a mindset, or whether it's an actual person or thing. Like it's so big and it's going to be different Mm -hmm. for everybody, but it's oftentimes the thing that really gets people, gets in people's way. And I mean, when it comes to birth, like I remember us having this conversation and Jim Mm -hmm. and I going through that process ourselves of being like, we're never going to have this the way that it was and feeling so guilty because I wanted these babies so badly. And then feeling like, greedy or selfish or terrible that I was feeling grief around that, that my relationship, that my relationship was going to shift. But but like, what do you think happens? Like in your experience, like what happens when you don't face that grief, when you don't? Oh, that's such a good question because when we don't acknowledge these huge shifts and that heaviness of grief it most definitely is going to catch up with us where how how it manifests for everyone is going to be different but oftentimes it will show up in our physical bodies so the body's going to slow us down somehow and that's the most common way I would see it manifesting and I think it could also impact us on a mental health level, like adding to our anxiety and depression um, and not having anywhere, like any, any idea of where it's coming from. So there's this feeling of unknown 
Like, how do we resolve this? Because we don't know where it's coming from. Um, And when grief doesn't have like a proper channel to move through, what happens is resistance is created. mm -hmm. So like, you know, if I'm thinking of like, again, birth, if you, if you're not going to allow the grief of the shifting of your relationship, for example, then when everything happens and your whole life changes, because you now have this little one, um, and your relationship has to change, but there's a refusal to allow or a denial or whatever it is, an, uh, an inability to accept the grief, mm-hmm. then that creates tension and tension is resistance. And so then yes. that creates frustration and that creates discontent and that creates resentment and resentment. And, yes. Yeah. And, and I see that. I see that in my work. Exactly. Like this is the beauty of this creation intelligence that I talk about in my work so much is because birth, this literally happens in birth happens when we are creating anything in life, mm-hmm. it's the exact same thing, just a different mechanism. Yeah. And it, of course it'll manifest as it does in everybody differently, but resistance is like the number one thing that prevents us from really embracing the season that we're in, whether that's with a baby or your life's work mm-hmm. or a new relationship. We resist. Yeah. We resist under it. We, or, or we go into that denial place and, and I would say that that, that that would be more where like the physical manifestation will come in to play when, when we're not acknowledging something, our bodies are going to, to wake us up. Um, I can also see the, the tendency for the, the grief to come in in different ways. So we start pinpointing those emotions elsewhere so through blame blaming our partner blaming maybe even blaming the creation itself um or doing like self-sabotage in terms of like say you were planning on creating this project and the grief is so heavy for what you have to let go of to make that happen that you end up self-sabotaging and not even allowing yourself to expand before it's even before you've even been able to move into the place where you'd actually have to let go, you don't even allow yourself to because it's, it stops you. So with grief, I think, you know, I mean, we're socialized as humans, you know, all of us were brought up to feel shameful around our, our heavier emotions, you know, our quote unquote negative emotions. And by the way, there are no good or bad emotions or just, it's just energy, right? It's got to go somewhere. Um, it doesn't feel, that doesn't mean it feels good or it's supposed to feel good. It feels shitty. It feels hard. It feels, it sucks. It, it's a painful mm-hmm. experience, but you know, we have a hard enough time just labeling, like I'm sad, I'm mad. I'm <laughs> irritated, I'm frustrated, I'm, you know, whatever the negative emotion pile is. Then when we start to label, when we start to look at grief, then it's like, oh no, like we just really, like that really, that there's a finality to death that people ignore Mm -hmm. in a sense, right? But everything is transmuted, right? 
that's science. Energy is not created or destroyed. It's just transmuted into something. It changes into something different. That's the rebirth, right? So anything that dies in the context of what we're speaking of is going to is going to go back into the natural composting of life and come back as something stronger, more resilient, more beautiful. But we have to accept that grief is a part of living life and living life fully and living life fully expressed. And that it's just part of the creation cycle. It's part of living an intentional life where we're moving towards beauty and love and And really what we want to see in the world and what we want to bring into it. We have to have that acceptance. And Mm -hmm. I I think sometimes like my own personal experience is like, it's kind of a case by case basis. Like I have to remind myself every time I'm in a, a death cycle that this grief is part of life. This grief is part of my evolution. This grief is part of the transformation, the butterfly that I'm going to become, the the experience of life that I get to feel all of it's, it's, it's part of it. And it's easy to forget, but you have to allow yourself to remember. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it can, it can catch us off guard because it is such a, it's like this elusive feeling and especially when we're really excited about something or like, yeah, trying to move ourselves to that next level of growth. It's like, we want to just get there and it's like, Oh, right. I still have to deal with this crap. Like <laughs> it's like, we just yeah. can't, we, we can't just like bust through and rebirth ourselves without also dealing with the heaviness of grief and letting go and shedding and, and letting those emotions come through so that we can transmute them is so important so that we can get to the other side. And the other side feels so good when we've actually dealt with the emotional grief. Yeah. Well, the, it's, more sus- acknowledged it's, it. more, it's more sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's more sustainable and more fulfilling, I think, because the grief process sets a foundation. It creates a foundation to really hold whatever it is that you're bringing into the world. Mm -hmm. Baby dream, like doesn't really matter. It's, it's through that growth, through that um, grief process, that death cycle, death part of the cycle that we set this foundation to really hold in this really impeccable um, courageous, fiercely loving way when we finally arrive at the desk, at the destination, you know, whatever mm. it is that we're, we're creating. It's interesting too, because we, we both work in the online space and, you know, I know a lot of our listeners mm. are on the online space, whether that's for your work or whatnot, but we don't see that. Like, I think it's important to kind of acknowledge that as well. Like when we, when we're on social media, you know, we see the the finished product. We see mm-hmm. what people want to see. We see the rebirth. We see the 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 light side of growth. Mm-hmm. But what we don't see often is that really honest, raw, tender part that is the death cycle that has a lot of heaviness and a lot of grief and a lot of darkness. 
And I think there, it, we're creating more of a disconnect there. Like that's mm-hmm. the disconnect grows because we're like, why is it so easy for this person to create? Why is it so easy for this person to just pop out a baby just like that or whatever, but we don't know what's going on in the background. We don't know what that person had to navigate. We don't know if that, if that person navigated it or did they just bypass everything and it's going to come to bite them back, you know, bite them in the butt. We don't know Mm -hmm. because we don't see that side because we don't share that side because we, as a culture, don't want to talk about that side. Exactly. We don't want to talk about death. We don't want to talk about the pain, the fucking excruciating pain that comes from that. Mm-hmm. So that's going to map over in everything. Just like birth teaches us everything. There's a death intelligence as well that lives within us that teaches, teaches us how to move through life, how to learn from life, how to extract the wisdom from life and, and from these painful experiences. But we're so disconnected, not just from birth, but from death. And what that really looks like in the day-to-day of living. Yes. And there is no birth without death. It's like they're, they're together. They are side by side. And yeah, we definitely bypass it in our culture, especially. Yeah. I mean, I remember after the babies were born. Oh, God. It was just like, I can still just like tap into that vibration of just like how I felt in that moment of the expansiveness and like really feeling that rebirth of me. And then simultaneously, it was like that, the two weeks after what's that called? Like the the baby blues? Yeah. The baby blues. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Yeah. Everybody would talk about it and they're like, you know, your heart yeah. are crashing and yeah. Um, all, you know, all this stuff. So you're going to feel this way. And I remember in that space, I was also dealing with, like, I had a blood transfusion too, actually. Um, So I was also dealing with that. But I remember feeling my energy systems were so open, like every single chakra was like wide open. I felt everything that ever existed in life moving through me, like all of the fucking joy and ecstatic energy of life and I felt the deep crushing well of grief and it was like move I can feel it now like moving through me just like and I couldn't stop it and I was like Mm -hmm. there's more to this baby blues situation than just hormones crashing you are so (laughs) you are so you are an open fucking portal right now to everything you were going to feel you want to feel life have a baby just to experience that two weeks. You will feel the expansiveness of life from what our human bodies can actually hold. I'm sh- it's so much more. I don't think, I think if our bodies felt everything, it would explode. Absolutely. explode right. But we, I was feeling it. The, I think the most I'll ever feel it aside from when I die, I think like I, it was that intense. And I just mm-hmm. remember like processing this experience and I had these beautiful babies and I just had this massive rebirth and this awakening and this like kundalini like crazy shakti vibe like pulsing through me and then feeling this the death of my babies are no longer in my womb the placenta is gone it's vacant and I felt this like crushing death within me when the best thing in my life that ever happened just happened and at the same time I'm within my body I'm feeling this this massive death and it's like, it's just like, and it's been sort of this 
duality of holding it's just been very interesting like experiencing motherhood and how it's just this constant it's teaching you the dualities of life and how to hold like the ending of a chapter and moving into another one and the death that occurs and the and the life that's birthed as each stage goes it's just it's fascinating Um, it's wild that we can hold both at the same time and I think I think that that's what the the essence of this conversation really is about is about that we can hold we can have growth and grieve at the same time that we actually need the grief to grow and we can't grow without grieving like we need them we need them together and and through our grieving we grow <laughs> you know like it's like both. grieving is like the, the fertilizer <laughs> so that totally. we can grow it's like the grief is like really like composting soil it's the compost yeah it's the compost that permeates the soil to to really help nurture us through yeah. the growth it's adding a certain level of nutrients mm-hmm to our experience of life if we could only look at it that way <laughs> absolutely and and recognize it and feel it feel through it because it's something that I've really turned into in the last year is honoring where my grief is it's something I've been really called to to witness in my own self and it's can be really surprising the little things that come up. I mean, my son just, I have four kids and my son just turned four and it was wild to reflect on the past four years. You know, he's no longer a toddler. Like he's, he's moved past that stage. And yes, I'm so grateful. I have Cora, my newest baby, and I get to move through those years again, but I don't get to move through those years again with his effort, you know? And I noticed some grief come up on his birthday, even though I'm like, oh yeah, like I love seeing my kids grow and and we get to move into this whole new chapter as he as he's such a bright little boy and it's fun to see him grow and who he is. And I'm not going to get those four years back with him. And I noticed, yeah, a little bit of an ache in my heart around his growth and our growth as a mom and son and I felt like and this was just really recent as about yeah 10 days ago and for the first time in a long time I actually just like savored the grief (laughs) Mm. you know I just sat in it and I was like yeah I'm allowed to feel sadness right now I'm allowed to grieve my little boy even though he is right here like I'm allowed to think back on our nursing years and him being a tiny baby, you know, like I just sort of allowed myself to get really melancholy about it. And it felt really powerful to, to acknowledge the feelings, to feel them and to just let myself be in that sadness and not judge it and not feel guilty about it because, you know, like it's so easy. 
like, I mean, I even feel like I need to do a disclaimer while I'm talking about this. Like, yes, I know there are people that don't have their physical child with them. And I have him, you know, why, why should I grieve anything? Right? Like, it's so easy to sort of diminish our stories and, and to not want to say it because how dare I feel grief around something like that. And I feel like it's really important that we say it because it, regardless of whether we talk about it or not, that grief is still there. And I know that there is someone out there listening. It's like, oh my gosh, right. I need to let these emotions come up. I feel that. I mean, I know we've had so many conversations, probably like every other time you would come to see us postpartum. I'm sure mm-hmm. you all know Catherine was my, was one of my birth keepers and she worked with us postpartum but so many times you'd come over and be like I'm grieving (laughs) grieving. Mm -hmm. like I remember the first year like I was like I need to take in everything I need to take in everything I need to take in everything because I was I knew that this this time was going to pass and everything felt so monumental you know and I think after their first birthday I've I've relaxed a little bit because I'm like oh they're one they're here I'm so grateful for them they're so fun. They, they just, it's just so cool to keep going. But like, yeah, just as you're saying, like really letting yourself feel the grief of each passing phase with, with everything, you know, the changing of a relationship, mm-hmm. the changing of your, the, you know, your experience through mothering, your, your work evolving and changing and growing. Like it's an important part because I, just as you were talking, I had like full body chills because I was like, it's such an honor to grieve. Like you're grieving because you love mm-hmm. so deeply and you grieve because you cherish so intensely. And if you didn't grieve, well, then that's a different conversation. Like, <laughs> yes. You have a pulse. No, I'm just teasing. Yeah. But yeah. And fully. Well, yeah. Not- Cause there's that, cause there is that saying like grief is love with nowhere to go. I wrote this yesterday. I was writing a little piece on grief and I, this just kind of flew, th- flew through me. Grief is a painful part of living and loving. It's also an incredible teacher of loving deeper and living more authentically. And I'm just like, oh, there's so much wisdom in here. Good job, Melissa. No, I'm just kidding. But I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm processing my own grief right now. I'm in a death cycle of a couple of different things right now. And there's a lot of grief that I'm, I'm feeling the death of a relationship, not the person, but the parting of ways of somebody who at one point was very, very close to me. The death of identity as it is of constantly evolving as a mother and finding my place as a woman. And, and I was just trying to work some of this stuff out and, and realizing like grief is so, is such an important piece of this because it's, mm-hmm showing us how precious life is and reminding us of how beautiful a gift it is to be alive, to be here at all. Um, And, and yes, fully, fully acknowledging that there are people who've lost people and that's a different kind of grief. Mm -hmm. It's different, but the process is the same, right? Absolutely. And again, just as birth teaches us so much about life, so does death. And so can we open ourselves without judgment to really take in all of that? Because I I actually remember being like, is it normal to feel this sad about my kids growing? 
And I looked it up on Google and there was a form of people being like, shame on you. Like you shouldn't feel there's people who've lost their kids. And, you know, I would give anything for my kid to, you know, and then you just feel terrible and you're like, oh my God, there's something fucking wrong with me. And then you want to shut it down. No, 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 no. Don't look, don't ask for validation to feel your grief, to feel your pain. You do not have to ask for permission to you in the pain body. Yeah, you are worthy of all of that you are holding. And that's why we wanted to specifically bring this conversation around grief with growth. Because if you're growing, what are what can you be grieving? Right? Like that there's that bypassing thing in our society. And and that's why we want to have this conversation today that brings us back to the anchor point of this conversation is that we need to acknowledge our grief through our growth and and it's very very important and it helps us get to the other side it helps us feel more liberated when we get there um because we can let go of the things that we no longer need what is not serving us say goodbye in a in a in a clean way and grief what was or what could never be I think it also gives us the ability to, as yeah, of course, if we're clearing, I just think like clearing the clutter, like we're clearing mm-hmm. up the old, we're, we're saying goodbye, we're letting go, we're letting go of what doesn't serve us. We're letting go of the things that are holding us back. We're letting go of what is so we can step into what will be. And I find from a creator, creative perspective, like as an artist, as a creator, myself and I know you are as well it's like it informs a certain depth in your work Mm -hmm. it adds something in there like almost this intangible quality of aliveness to your message and your work when you can really fully let yourself be in that death cycle and that grief cycle when when you are you know Um, And I've certainly have felt that because I've definitely have been through periods of my life where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to share this part. I don't want to, I don't want people to see this part. It's ugly. It's, it's not pretty. It's not feel good. It's not something that people are going to stumble upon and, you know, but it's human. Mm -hmm. And there isn't a perfect formula because it shows up, like it manifests differently for everyone and for every different situation the the grief is going to feel different and it's not going to be an easy like oh here are three steps to transmute your grief <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't goodbye grief <laughs> just goodbye. buy this spray and your goodbye, goodbye and let that grief go away or something <laughs> goodbye goodbye grief spray yeah <laughs> We're adding a new, we're adding a shop to the and you can buy Goodbye Grease for there. Only $9.99. Auto ship. Grease be gone. That's our, um, our full body scrub. Grease be gone body scrub. Available for purchase now. But what? But we could speak to, I guess, in some ways that we 
we do work with grief. If you have any, I know for me, getting physical is something that helps me when I'm feeling grief because oftentimes the way I feel grief is physical. So like I'll literally have a heaviness in my chest or an inability to want to get out of bed or feeling like I don't want to nurture myself or nourish myself. You know, when I notice those sort of things happening, I can be aware like, Hey, there's something going on here. Where am I, where, where am I feeling this? And oftentimes when those things have happened, it is because I'm feeling grief. So I like to get physical with it because again, like, how I usually feel it is in my physical body. So dancing, like getting out, out of my, out of my comfort, playing music that I really love that moves my body, shaking it out and then doing the opposite. So if I don't want to get out of bed, I get out of bed, you know, like if I don't want to nourish myself, actually make a really nourishing soup or broth you know like then doing the opposite so of what I want to do in that moment so say if I don't want to get out of bed I force myself to get out of bed if I don't want to nourish myself like if I'm noticing a hesitation between um towards eating then instead I like create a really nourishing meal um sort of nurturing myself like a mother, you know, really tending my heart, really tending, taking care of myself in a really careful, gentle way. And I find that is a really powerful way to let myself both sit with the grief, but also be nurtured through it. It can also look like, I mean, again, I, oftentimes it's a physical thing for me. So it can be going up to my partner and asking for a really big, long hug, you know, like getting that physical feeling of being held and and loved and nurtured. So beautiful. I love that. Like mothering yourself, like nurturing yourself the way a mother would her child. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing that with no matter what kind of grief it is that you're experiencing, but to, you know, something that I, I like to do is I'll just like embrace myself and just like stroke mm. my arm, just like really gently, really tenderly. And just like remind myself that I'm safe and just bringing that sweetness. And that's actually something my mom used to do. She, she's done that to me um, as an adult, like after having babies and, having breakdowns and I'll just like lie in bed and she'll like rub my legs and she'll rub my arm Mm. and like just caress me. And there's something so comforting about that. Cause I just remember her doing that as I, as a child and as a teenager. And um, so there's something really special about that for me. You can try Mm -hmm. it on see if that works for you, but I love that. It just reminds me like treating yourself the way a mother would treat you. And, and that goes for anything, right? Like, Mm -hmm no matter what you're experiencing. Um, Something else that I like to do is, um, and this kind of happened when I started, when I was um, pregnant, was I started breathing. I was doing um, spinning babies and 
um, starting to learn how to like have those deep breaths into my, into my womb, into my yoni and like opening these oh big, deep like breaths. And it's something that I still do now when I feel like I'm birthing something, which I often feel like I'm birthing something. And whether that's like my grief or my joy or whatever, like really it's a way for me to ground myself is to literally take these like breaths as I would when I was in the birth process um, and preparing my body for birth because it just, it just opens and grounds. So just like really relaxing, like your jaw and like, I always think of like acting class too, where it's like, don't be so high up in your chest and like contracting everything. It's like your power lives when you're, you're deep in your belly and your breath and your voice. And so just breathing that like level of grounded breath in, play around with it, see how it feels. But that's something that I, I, I do often when I'm feeling really activated um, in a way that doesn't feel comfortable. And sometimes I'm so excited that I don't feel comfortable in my excitement and I have to do that as well. So um, yeah, but those are two two practices that I I go in between to kind of help that nervous system and and kind of regulate my my emotions. Mm, love it. I know that Catherine and I, we have a couple of different people who are incredible that we want to bring on to actually talk about death and grief and mm. um, deepen into this part of the rebirth cycle, because we, we've talked so, we have talked so much about rebirth and um, birth. And I think that this is a really beautiful um, side to the story that we can, we can dive into even deeper. I know I would love to have those conversations mm-hmm. um, and I, I think you would as well. And so Absolutely. Stay, stay tuned. Cause I think, you know, in the next few months, we'll have some more of the, these deeper, darker conversations that are so important to this human experience. So this is just a little snippet, but I loved it. Thank you so much for this conversation. So what's the Yoni code here? <laughs> I always ask you. <laughs> well, I was thinking it was kind of coming to me earlier when you were speaking to like around allowing ourselves to feel grief something you said it was like I'm like oh my gosh that's the only code like allowing ourselves to feel there's something there that there's a do like the duality the duality like allowing the duality to be there and not not holding shame around these emotions oh my god I just thought of something umbilical umbilical cords and how it's like a two-way street oh yeah one is nourishing and the other one is taking the waste away yeah and it's almost I'm just seeing this like channel like I think this that's the only code it's like allowing the channel for both to be there because while Mm. you're pulling in you're also sending out and it's a natural part of growth oh my god in the development of human life. Wow. I'm like vibrating from top to bottom right now. <laughs> wow. You need both. You will die without both. And some people, yeah. you know, this is not saying that if you don't feel your grief, you're going to drop dead tomorrow, but th- there's a certain kind of death that happens to a human 
when we mm-hmm. don't allow ourselves to feel pain. Yes. And we just live in optimism and positivity and avoid conflict or pain or suffering of any sort. Denial Absolutely. is a fucking beast. That's the only code. Denial is a fucking beast. No, just <laughs> coming from the dark mother herself. <laughs> so the yoni code is we're built with a channel a two-way channel yes to experience the duality of life grief joy pain love you've got to have both and it's there you have to have both okay thank you guys for tuning in Catherine. thank you so much for this beautiful conversation thanks melissa Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this Yoni Code. If this episode moved, inspired, or flat out entertained you, please head over to iTunes and give us five stars or share with a friend. Follow us on Instagram at the Yoni Codes to continue the conversation. Oh, and make sure to click on the link in the profile for other ways to connect. We look forward to unlocking the next Yoni Code together.